As the COVID-19 pandemic continues to impact our communities and disrupt our sense of stability, the Money Smarts podcast aims to tackle these concerns and more that are facing college students and their families. This podcast is brought to you by the Indiana University Office of Financial Wellness and Education. Our office is dedicated to providing IU students, faculty, staff, and alumni the resources they need to navigate their own personal financial wellness. This week, Money Smarts Campus Coordinator Janessa Siegel is joined by Money Smarts Wellbeing Consultant Paola Hernandez Barone to continue their conversation about financial wellness, self care, and the ways we manage financial stress. If you'd like to learn more about this topic, visit our website at moneysmarts.iu.edu. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Thank you so much for joining in and tuning into our podcast. My name is Janessa Siegel. And I am the campus coordinator for the Office of Financial Wellness and Education. And I have my lovely colleague here, Paula. Uh, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself again? Yeah, sure. Hello, Janessa and everyone listening. Again, my name is Paola. And the easiest way I explain pronouncing that is Pa, like Papa, and then Ola. Um, so I am Paola Hernandez Baron, and I am the well-being consultant for our Office of Financial Wellness and Education. Yes, thank you. So if you tuned into our part one of understanding financial wellness, we basically dove into what is financial wellness, what it means to be financially well, and all of the implications involved with that. For part two, what we decided to do is discuss self-care amidst navigating finances. And so Right now, there are a lot of things going on in society that could cause people to be very stressed and really not know what to do with their finances. But what we wanted to do is just discuss what it looks like to still care for yourself in moments where that may seem difficult. But before we go into the emergency portion of self-care and navigating finances and financial wellness as a whole, I did kind of want to revisit something that we discussed in the previous podcast that we recorded. And so that is basically the portion that we talked about when it came to identities and how our identities can influence how we spend money and view money and just all around navigating money. And I thought that that was very, very important to bring up because money can really impact our feelings, our thoughts. It could create pressure and it could also make us feel like we are not being what we are supposed to be in certain situations, um, especially relationships with others, as well as how you view yourself. And I just wanted to give a personal story about how it can really impact you. So I have two brothers, one older, one younger. The younger one is, he just graduated from high school, whoop, whoop. But uh, for his prom last year, uh, my family's going through a little bit of financial hardship and he needed help paying for some of his stuff for prom. And my parents wanted to help him, but they didn't have enough at the time. And so for them, they felt like they were not being good parents because they could not provide him with the finances that could help him with his prom. And that was a moment that always pops into my head now when I think about how finances can impact the way you view yourself as well as how you view your decision making. And so, Paola, I wanted you to possibly talk just a little bit on how um, people can 
possibly work to understand that more and how people can try to figure out the best way to understand their decision making around navigating money. Absolutely. And thank you for, for sharing, Janessa. Um, you know, as Janessa mentioned, we, we talked about these pieces a bit around identity. And then we had, uh, we mentioned this idea of external and internal factors, right? Um, so when I, we think about internal factors, we are also talking about not just your identities, your values and beliefs, but what we're wanting to highlight today is your mental health, right? Your physical health uh, the, and, and how you make decisions, which relates to this idea of your perception of yourself and your perception of yourself in the context of the world around you. Um, and I, I don't think that we think about that often, especially when we're talking about money. And I think what Janessa and I are trying to do today is really bring to the forefront that, no, it, it's a part of that. And, and we need to be thinking about it a bit more intentionally. Um, and so that, again, falls under this idea of financial wellness, the, these components. Um, and so, as I mentioned before, if you can think about finances as its own identity, um, you, you have all these beliefs and values related to it. And then they start to interact with those other pieces about um, yourself. So Janessa, in your story, you're kind of talking about your parents and then kind of their role of how they perceive themselves mm-hmm. um, and, their, and their ability to be good parents, right? Right. Yeah. And, and so, and part of that was related to financially being able to support. Yeah. Right. And so they have this, this message, this view of how they understand what it means to be a good parent. Yes. Right? And, and, and being able to contribute in that way was one part of that. And so if they don't feel like they're doing that thing, that they're not going to feel like good parents. And then now we're talking about this internal piece of, of how we perceive ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when we start going down this road of this, what um, we refer to as negative self-talk, right. Um, where we engage in these comparison pieces, like we were talking last time about those social pressures, um, it really starts to take a toll. And it takes a toll both in the form of our mental health and our physical health, because those things really are connected. Um, if you've ever noticed, I, I know for myself, uh, I don't know about you, Janessa, but when I get particularly stressed or nervous about something, I start to tense up, which means yes. my migraines increase and my back and shoulders really hurt. Yes, is the yeah. worst. <laughs> and, you know, when we, you know, we, we, we laugh about that, but it's, it's true. And, and stress in and of itself, it's, it is a normal part of life, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone gets stressed. Um, it, but there is, and, and some stress is good because it does help motivate us. But once we reach a certain level, it's no longer helpful. It right. often makes it more difficult for us to get things done. Um, it kind of zaps our energy and motivation, right? Right. And so think about times when you were stressed um, how easily was it for you to accomplish tasks? Perhaps you maybe noticed yourself being really distracted and worried about all these other things. Yes. Uh, so that is true for finances. If we're constantly worried, right, around these pieces, it makes it harder for us to do other things um, in our life or be able to give it, to attend to these other things in our lives. Um, and so I bring this up because we do need to address that component, that mental health piece of how are you managing the stress that's coming up? for you. Um, and 
you know, that I want to acknowledge and be real, like based on the conversation we had last time around systemic mm-hmm. issues that make things just very difficult that unless money grew on trees, it makes it very hard for us to be able to, to right. support people sometimes and, and helping them get out of difficult situations. Um, but we can acknowledge uh, the stress component and, and provide some support there. Um, whether that's getting people connected to resources or just helping people uh, acknowledge that that's part of it. Um, and so to your question, Janessa, like how do people start to take this step? It's one, realizing that this is something to be mindful of. Like, you know, mm-hmm. how check in with yourself. What is your physical health? Like, what is your mental health? Like, you know, consider how your emotions influence your behavior. Um, think about this idea of stress eating, right? Or stress shopping. Yes. Um, you know, so we're doing this thing to these behaviors to make ourselves feel better, but then we're also spending money. And then we feel bad and stressed out about the money that we've had, which then stresses out more. And then maybe we engage <laughs> more in these behaviors and because really cyclical, Such right? a terrible cycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, thinking about like, how are you spending your money? And are there ways that you might be spending your money to address these other pieces? Um, that maybe you might want to think about other ways to cope with that stress or other resources available um, to you um, to support those aspects. Because um, again, it, they're, um, these pieces don't exist in silo and they're, they are inter, interconnected, um, especially when you start to bring up these pieces around our, our, um, how we look at ourselves based on our financial situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I definitely think this moment in time with COVID still being such a huge factor in so many people's lives, the stress that I am seeing and have witnessed myself is just at an all time high. Um, And so on top of just navigating your finances, there's this additional stress load of COVID and not knowing what to do or what could happen. So could you talk about a little bit? Oh, yes. Yes. That uncertainty. And when it comes to life in general, uncertainty can be scary for some people. But when you have uncertainty mixed with money, mixed with you know, a disease that is still not quite understood, it can really, it can be a lot. <laughs> um, so can you, can you talk a little bit about navigating emergency situations like COVID? Sure. Um, so from, from that, and, you know, and I'll start to speak on it from more of that mental health component. Um, and then, you know, Jess, I'll, I'll ask you to join me in kind of talking about some of the more like financial steps mm-hmm. here. But, you know, when we think about it from that wellness perspective, I, I think one, again, it's, it's checking in with yourself. Like, you know, how are you doing and not ignoring that? Um, again, you know, I, what I want to make sure I'm communicating is we're not saying that uh, people's situations aren't um, dire because they are. Right. 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 Or like, well, I can't not be stressed. No, I get it. We, we get it. And absolutely, it makes sense. The, the anger, the frustration, the sadness, the fear, all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we are saying is don't ignore it. 
wanting you to, to consider, okay, can you also address that? Um, and I know it can feel like, well, I can't, I don't have the time to do that because I need to figure out how I'm going to put food on the table. Yeah. Uh, and that is very real um, and a very real experience for a lot of people um, in our communities. Absolutely. Uh, and, and so absolutely not wanting to minimize that. But what we also wanted to bring to the forefront is that we also aren't robots. And so at some point our tank runs out and we're not also taking care of ourselves. It's going to be difficult for us to be able to care for those in our lives. So that's the other piece here too. When we think about navigating our finances, for a lot of us, we have family, we have friends, we have community that, that uh, counts on us. And so our decisions are also not made independently. They're made in, in considering these other people. And when you think about an emergency situation, one like COVID, um, it, it's affecting us individually, our families, and then this larger community so that it's being bombarded from all sides. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I think the first thing is recognizing that and, and acknowledging the reality of that. Um, I think it's also important to recognize and I feel it important to say as we're talking today that for certain communities, like we talked about last time, um, mm. historically, there are epidemics, illnesses and things that, that more severely affect low income communities, communities of color. And this is also true for the COVID situation. Absolutely. Right? And so then there's another layer here and so uh, we want to recognize that um, and it, we think it's important that that not be ignored um, and you know when we're thinking about this and managing this, these situations with your families um, you know one of the pieces is is really understanding all the factors at play and mm -hmm. then considering okay which ones are in my control and where can I put my energy um, in order to make steps in, in the direction that I, that I need to make or want to make um, for myself and for my family. Um, yes. And one of those pieces is addressing uh, your self-care. And again, I hear you, I know, and I, and I speak to, to a lot of clients about this. I don't have time for self-care, right? What I want, if anything, I want you to take away from our conversation today that self-care is a need. It is not a reward. It is mm -hmm. something that you need, um, just like we need sleep and we need food. Um, and, you know, when we think about um, kind of going back to that idea of stress and when you get distracted, for example, if you are trying to get work done and you spend 40 minutes of that time just worrying and only get 20 minutes of work, mm. you know, what if you had spent those 20 minutes just addressing that thing trying to cope with it, trying to get yourself in a better place. And now you have 40 minutes of work that you've got done. So that's the, you know, that's an example of a real way in which paying attention um, to your needs, emotional and physical can have a larger um, impact in a positive way. Absolutely. And I, I really appreciate you explaining or discussing how, we can impact the things that we have control over and focus on those. I think, unfortunately, just from, you know, working with a lot of people through financial aid and now through the world of financial wellness, 
the unfortunate thing about stress is so many people experience it, but a lot of people still have a difficult time coping with it and actually feeling as if they deserve self-care. So I love that you said self-care is a need, is not a reward, it's a need because we always, not we always, some people <laughs> um, associate self-care as a reward, me included. I view self would view self-care as, oh, I did good. I should do something for me versus I need to make sure I'm taken care of so that I can continue doing good. Yes. Uh, so I appreciate you explaining that because that helps a lot. And and thinking yeah. about the, oh, were you about to? Well, I was just going to add, add yeah. too, to, to clarify too, when I say self-care, I think often people also think about giving themselves a vacation or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, well, that can be part of it. When I sell self-care, I also mean those little things that you do day to day to help you recharge. Maybe yes. it's a bubble bath. Maybe it's journaling for 10 minutes. Or maybe it's your workout routine. You know, whatever that is, but that it's a consistent thing to help you kind of just recenter and recoup each day so that you have more in your tank um, as, as you move forward. Yes, I completely agree. And I think self-care is an ever-growing thing because something that would have worked for an individual two years ago may mm. be very different now. So, very good point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in thinking about stuff that you can control, with within financial wellness and as well as financial education, Stuff that I typically discuss with with students, faculty, staff at conferences are a lot of the financial things that a person can control and tackle during different situations. And so um, I did want to just mention a few things that you can do to prepare for emergencies so that if and when they come, it may not catch you as off guard or you feel more prepared to navigate through uh, those different situations. So for those who are listening, um, like we mentioned in the last episode, financial wellness also incorporates financial literacy. So understanding financial concepts, and then applying them to your holistic well-being is all encompassing of financial wellness. And so when we're talking about emergencies and preparing for emergencies, one of the biggest things that you can do when it comes to emergencies is create some type of plan for yourself that you already have created so that if and when they happen, you don't have to worry about thinking on your feet. Uh, as, as a planner, something that really helped me a lot when it came to planning for emergencies was thinking through what are the necessities that would have to be taken care of in case of an emergency. So if I was on certain medications, making sure that they're full. If there are certain foods I have to eat, making sure that I have those certain bills that have to be paid trying to find a way to make sure those are paid. And then the little self-care things that do contribute to my well-being, those are things to think about. So while this may not be a need for some, Netflix and Hulu is a need of mine. Reason being, it helps me relieve stress because I love to cook, so I'll watch cooking shows. So 
that is something that I do also incorporate within creating an emergency budget, but also looking at where money is going to have to go in case of an emergency. Uh, Something that definitely has helped me feel a little bit more in control of my situations is having an emergency fund. And it's not a large emergency fund. So I don't want any of you to think that you have to have thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars saved up uh, because that is helpful. But at the end of the day, just having something on the side that can cover some type of expense can still help you through emergencies. So possibly thinking about setting aside $5 a a week or a month if you can, or if you can add more to a savings account, you can and create that as your emergency fund so that whenever something possibly pops up, you will have that fund to lay back on or to fall back on in case of an emergency. Um, And another thing to think about when it comes to emergency planning is is pace yourself because you want to allow yourself grace to not feel like you have to be a superhero and know what to do in every situation. Take it step by step and day by day. And as the days progress, the hope is that it will get easier to navigate through those days. Um, But when When you are trying to plan for emergencies with your finances, I think it is helpful to know what needs to be covered, to know the cost of what would need to be covered, and then try and start putting money away for that and writing out resources that you can use. So if you are in a situation where you can't afford food, are there food pantries around you? Or if you're in a situation where you can't afford your utilities, can you contact the company that your utilities are through to see if they have any programs you can sign up for? All of those are ways that you can prepare for emergencies so that, again, it may not, so that it hopefully won't feel as overwhelming as it can for other people who may not have other things to fall back on. So um, on top of financially preparing for it, I I would love for Baola to go into just maybe a few self-care tips that you think would be helpful for people going through emergency situations. Absolutely, Janessa. Um, Before I uh, go in in that direction, if if you don't mind, I, I did want to, as I was listening to you talk, I wanted I felt it important to, to bring up that we recognize, too, that COVID took a lot of people by surprise, and, and which emergencies tend to, right? We're often not prepared for them. Um, and so, you know, one of the things I know that I want to communicate is that we're not saying, oh, if you didn't have uh, an emergency fund, you know, bad. Like, no, we recognize oh, yeah, that people are in different not. places with that and, or, and even the reality of being able to, to do that, particularly in some of our low-income communities or co- communities of color. Um, so one of the things you can do now in the situation that you're in it, is to assess, as Janessa was saying, like what are those things that you noticed that you need, that your family needs? Um, and, and 
when an emergency happens. And now you have information that you can use moving forward and to create your plan for how you prepare for possibility of an emergency in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and as Shanessa said, you know, whatever that looks like or the amount that you're able to set aside, you know, set your own goal based on what is realistic for you um, and work towards that. And it doesn't mean that you have to be addressing all the points of your, of your plan. Maybe you can only do one of those pieces of your plan right now. That's okay. Um, the idea is that you're constantly trying to work towards something. And as I said before, taking care of yourself. Anything you want to add there, Janessa, before I answer your question around self-care tips? Oh, no, that that thank you for um, for pointing that out. I definitely don't want anyone to think that if they are in a, a situation right now that it was, oh, I made the wrong decision. No, please definitely don't think that because stuff happens. And so what we want for you all is to not be so hard on yourselves through situations, but to also have information that can help you in other situations in the future. Yeah. Um, and, and from that, that wellness self, self-care piece, um, you know, I, I think going back to what we were saying before, the first step is acknowledge it. Acknowledge that you are human and that what is happening to you, the emotions you're feeling, like they're real, they matter, and they also deserve to be addressed. You also deserve... Um, to, to have that space. And, and I know, again, some of you might be saying, but my family and all these things, I respect that and I encourage, you know, and I want to support continuing to support uh, the family and your people in your life. But, but again, uh, you're, you're important too. And, and it's important for you to take care of yourself so that you can continue to do those pieces. And so that first step is acknowledge that. You know, another piece might, for a lot of people, it could be helpful to write things down um, and so what I mean by writing things down is, is maybe you write about, you know, what are those main things that you're concerned about? Um, maybe thinking about your the physical needs or emotional needs. And then as you're looking at that, recognizing where, again, where are those places in which you have power or control? Um, and then from there, you start to build steps. So, I mean, what's one thing that you can do to address that thing? So rather than looking all the way at the end goal, you know, I want, you know, I encourage you to think about it in steps. Um, and as you're doing that, giving, you know, I think Janessa said this earlier, giving yourself grace, recognizing that things change and you might have to adjust and that's okay. Or the fact that when we try to do something different, it takes time. So like if you're not someone who maybe has a sleep routine and that's something that you're wanting to incorporate, it's going to take time for you to incorporate uh, a good sleep routine. And that is something I'd encourage people to do. Think about like what your eating habits look like, your sleep routine. Um, having those routines can be particularly helpful for your health and, and just helping kind of maximize your energy and motivation in your, in your day. Um, you know, thinking about um, what, you know, as Janessa was saying, what are those resources that you have access to in your community? Um, you know, one of the things, you know, and, and Janessa and I had talked about this before, uh, is, is talking to clients about struggling to access those resources. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't just mean based on access, but sometimes we experience this internal like dissonance of um, asking for help 
right? Perhaps we feel embarrassed. Perhaps we feel like we don't deserve it. Or perhaps maybe we feel mm-hmm. other people need it more than we do. Uh, and, and, you know, that can be a component that, that keeps us from uh, using those things available to us. Um, and one of the things that I certainly want to communicate is that I hear you. I hear that. Um, but again, going back to this piece that, that you matter to, and, and a lot of these programs, uh, these resources exist for that reason, for people to access them when they need them. Um, and you, you are not alone in, in terms of uh, needing government assistance or use, utilizing some of these resources out there. Um, and if anything, I, I want to remind you of the fact that this isn't something that you just did to yourself, right? You know, there are a lot of other factors like those systemic things that we were talking about that for a lot of us um, influence being in, in some of those circumstances sometimes. Um, mm. And so, again, that control piece, like if there are perhaps some behaviors that you think you could alter and do differently, and then then we encourage you to do that, to, you know, reflect what, what are those things? Are there things that you want to um, to change? But again, thinking about what what role do those things play in your life? So to Janessa's point of like Netflix, right? I've had a conversation with people about that before, right? And um, then being told like, oh, you should just cut that out. Well, you know, I can see where someone would say that. But mm-hmm. if that's the thing that, you know, as, as you kind of share, Janessa, for you reduces some stress. And I don't know that I want to tell you just cut that out unless I'm going to help you find another thing that's going to reduce your stress. Uh, Because what happens? You cut it out. You're still stressed. There's nothing that you're using to help cope. And then you're Mm -hmm. just going to revert back to the behavior. So that change wasn't even sustainable to begin with. Um, And so we have to think about um, how how we spend our money, um, where that that goes, and really being um, aware of those factors and where those control pieces are. Um, without losing sight of ourselves, especially when we are trying to care for other people. And so before we wrap up, I want to leave everyone with a couple of additional suggestions for that self-care wellness piece. Um, You know, and again, as was said before, self-care is not a reward. It's something that we need. And there are a lot of various ways in which you can incorporate this into your life. It can be as short as a few minutes or longer, depending on what you have available. So a few suggestions might be that when you wake up in the morning, taking a few minutes and looking out the window, listening to the sounds, and just kind of put yourself in in the presence of of what's going on around you. Um, Perhaps while you go throughout your day, maybe using different markers to remind you to do something. So for example, every time you get a text, or an email, maybe you're going to pause and take a deep breath. Um, maybe for every hour, you'll stop for a minute and just bring awareness to your breathing and how your body feels. Another suggestion might be that when you have breaks or, or to actually schedule breaks in for yourself, to really use them as an opportunity to relax rather than just pausing. So maybe take a few minutes to walk around. A, a lot can be done with even a to five minute walk, it doesn't have to be super lengthy. So any of these types of activities that can just help um, recenter you. Um, one thing that 
I know a lot of people often find that helpful is journaling in the evening so they can get things out of their head. There's a lot of research around gratitude. Um, and so even spending a few minutes every night just writing about those things that you're grateful for that day could be a helpful way to, um, to again, recenter yourself and remind you of those things in, in your life that we might often forget. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think that was a great summary (laughs) of our episode today. Uh, We are so grateful for you all joining our episodes. And Paola, thank you so much for helping us not only explain financial wellness, but to help our listeners understand how they can start developing their own financial wellness and um, being becoming financially well. If any of you ever have any questions, you can visit our website at moneysmarts.iu.edu. And we again, thank you so much for joining us. And we hope you join us again at our another podcast. Thank you. Have a good day. In the wake of the global coronavirus pandemic, many IU students have encountered sudden financial distress, from food insecurity to unexpected medical bills to needs for housing and technology assistance. If you are able, we encourage you to donate to an IU Student Emergency Assistance Fund by visiting iufoundation.iu.edu. If you're a student in need, please contact your Student Affairs Office or Financial Aid Office to apply for emergency aid.